0: Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church podcast.
1: And this new series is exploring one of the ways we're seeking to do things as a church through building a culture of honor. Honoring is where we seek to build up, not tear down, bringing dignity rather than shame. But the danger with anything that when you feel like, "Alright, oh, this is something I've got to do," is we rush to the doing. Rather the way of Jesus is always it's an overflow of something we've received as I want us to discover and understand that the starting point, the foundation of any culture that we're seeking to build, that's seeking to honour, is understanding that we are honoured by a thought.
2: Thanks for joining us. Good
0: morning. Today's reading is from the New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians 14, 26 to 33. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarise. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell, Some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present, who can interpret? They must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy and let the other evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy Are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people.
1: Good morning. Really good to be in the room with you, whether you're downstairs, upstairs, really good to be joining with those online who I know are there, saying their hello, sharing, caring uh, for each other uh, as they can't, for varying reasons, be in the room. It's just good to be together. And um, thank you, Fiona, for reading. Uh, I know you're here somewhere. I saw you earlier, but there. She's just gone out with the youth. Thank you, Fiona, for reading the scripture over us. And we'll get to zoom in on this passage in a moment as uh, we get to kind of land uh, this series that we've been in over the last few weeks, uh, looking at the wonder and the beauty of what it means to build a culture of honour together, of camping out in 1 Corinthians 12 and just seeing the beauty and wonder that we're not any old group of people, uh, that we're revealing Jesus' body on earth and that there's a way that then we're all interconnected and how we therefore honour each other in that and uh, kind of then sprung a bit before the body image and looked last week at, um, uh, with Mike, just the wonder of what it means to honour spiritual gifts around us and how the Spirit is longing just to empower us in the gifts that he's given us. Uh, and today I want us just to continue, therefore, looking at this culture of honour that we're looking to build, of where we seek to build up, not tear down, bringing dignity, not shame. And we can kind of continue where Mike left us off last week and and look then of what does it look like then to honour as we gather, Uh, seeking to be those that are honouring as we gather. And and in it, I want us to focus in on this scripture that um, Fiona so wonderfully read over us. But to do that, we're going to not be able to look at everything. We're going to kind of be looking at the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that we could look at. And... I want to particularly look at how we gather on a Sunday. Uh, Just because of the limited time we've got, I just feel like, actually, let's let's just look at what this looks like when we gather, whether it's in the room, in person, or online. um, How do we gather seeking to honour each other? Seeking to honour everyone who comes into the room. And what I'm hoping we'll discover is that as we look and camp out, what does it mean to honour as we gather, looking through a lens of a Sunday that actually there's principles that we're going to catch that um, reveal something of the wonder of how that then permeates every time we gather in every sort of setting, uh, as it's not limited to the beauty of what happens when we gather together like this, uh, but actually it just comes out in our small groups, in Kayleys, in um, Monday Night Football, these gathering moments. Actually, we find that they're, they're just like a way that we can honour one another that is so different to anything else. And um, through this description that Paul gives in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, it's not like a a to-do list. It's not like a checklist of like, okay, we're in a gathering, right, the gathering is here now, started. Let's get the checklist out to make sure we're following the gathering rules. And tick off the bits we've got. Oh, yeah, we've just had that. Yep, must be a gathering. Um, Just had that moment, tick, must be a gathering. Now, I think Paul's trying to convey something of the heart behind what happens when we gather. Uh, not a to-do list, not a checklist, but the heart. A heart that he was speaking to a very uh, dynamic church uh, in Corinth. A church where sometimes they kind of put more weight on certain things. And so things that seemed a bit more spiritual uh, though they didn't quite realize that everything was spiritual. They were seeing some things as more spiritual, like, hey, let's make the most of those things, and and like let's it's kind of everyone for themselves and just like throw everything out and throw everything in, and there'd just be this chaos ensuing. And just Paul's like, yep, this isn't how it's meant to be. I, I want you to catch the heart of what it looks like when you gather. And for us to catch the heart of it, I want to use a slightly different illustration that will help us examine some of what uh, Paul is outlining to us. And that's what I want us to see that when we gather, it's like a symphony. When we gather, it's like a symphony. Simply put, now this is always dangerous when you kind of give a definition, and I know that there's some people in the room, and they're like, I've done degrees in this. I've done MAs in this. Like, and you're going to limit it to this, Adrian? Yes, I am. That's what's going to happen. And afterwards, you can come back to me and say, it's not just that. And I'll go, yep, yep, but for today, I wanted it to just be this. So please, please forgive me. I'm going to define a symphony as this. Is a piece of music written to be played by an orchestra? There's more to it than that, I know. But today, (laughs) because some of you are ready, like, I'm ready for you, Adrian. Come on, let's talk about whether it's three or four or five parts. Let's talk about what those parts are made of. No, no. I want us to see that a symphony is written to be played by the whole orchestra. Because I think it allows us to see something of the beauty of what happens when we gather. That it isn't like us watching a quartet, it's about us understanding there's a reason everyone's there. And in being there, there's something that's going to be produced that will sound amazing. And for a moment, I just want us to listen to a symphony. I'm just going to play, like, just a short snippet of Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 1. Now, at this point, you're thinking, all right, you went for Number 1 because you couldn't be bothered to listen to the others. No, it's because Symphony Number no. 1 is the one that I really like. And so selfishly, I just thought, i would share this one with you. And so I just encourage us, as we listen to this piece of music, why don't we just close our eyes so we don't get distracted by other people and just allow the beauty of what Beethoven had crafted to allow the wonder of the orchestra to be heard. So yeah, if we can play that. me good I don't know about anyone else it just it moves me I feel carried as you realize that Beethoven had taken into consideration all the instruments and then realized that actually if they could be played in this order and heard in these different moments with these dynamics with this tempo in this timing actually it produced something that sounds amazing that does us good and if nothing else, I want us to leave with that this morning, that when we gather, there's a way in which we come together as we seek to honour each other that causes us to produce something like that, a symphony. Where it isn't everyone at the same time, but different moments, different things, different people, different parts. And, and in it, what it does is it, it produces something that sounds good to all who get to hear. And it involves, like, the way in which we play our part, it involves the, the part that we then get to play, it involves the composer. And that's what I wanna just look at in these moments. And so, firstly, in terms of then, It's to sound good. In verse 26, Paul says this, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Just as Beethoven orchestrated this moment for the orchestra to come and at different points play in different parts, it produces this sound that is good. Like The same is going to be true as we gather together, that as we come and play our part, it's to produce a sound. A sound that's seen as we're welcomed, as we uh, are served coffee, as we kind of look online and see who's saying hello and realise, oh, they're there, can't be in the room, but they're here. Or hearing someone pray out or share God's heart or play an instrument or sit on a chair and speak, That these, these different moments that are coming together in order that we get to hear the sound that does us good that Paul says is for what, is to bring Strength is to strengthen us, that as we come together, all playing our different parts, some of it is just simply being in the room or being online, just being there and saying, yeah, I'm here. It becomes this point that in all of these different ways, God is beginning to do something that allows everyone present, if they have ear to hear, to be strengthened. And that way in which we're strengthened is a a strengthened in and a strengthened for. You see, we're strengthened in the wonder of the life that Jesus affords us. Each and every one of us. That life that is defined and allows us to know love, goodness, freedom, comfort, peace, acceptance, obedience. That as we gather together, each playing our part, there comes this moment where God uses it to strengthen us, strengthen us in our very being. As Gene started off with, you know, our hearts become aligned to his heart. It does us good. It's like strengthening our very inner being of like, regardless of the circumstances we've come in with, we get strengthened into the wonder of who Jesus is to you and who Jesus is to me. That's what's going on. Like when someone's sharing from the microphone, when someone's giving us that tea as we walk in and think, oh, I just needed this. Like it's that moment of it, God's using that to bring strength in us, to remind us of the wonder of the life that Jesus affords us. But it's only to strengthen in us. It's also this strengthen for revealing the wonder of Jesus to the world out there as we come and gather and get to hear the wonder of these different parts, that it does something in us. It causes us both to know the wonder of the life that we get to enjoy in Jesus, and then to go. I've been strengthened for something, for revealing the wonder of this life to everyone and anyone that I come into contact with. In the way that I speak, in the way that I act, in the way that I listen, in the way that I stay silent, that I am strengthened to go with purpose. See, as we come together, there's this sound that we are to hear that is to produce strength in us, for us, and it's all Jesus like, maybe you've come today and you say, yeah, but I'm not a follower of Jesus. Well, maybe this is the invitation in. It's like, hey, th- th- can you hear it? Like, the, the, the invitation to know this life of a God who wants to come and meet you in your circumstances and cause his goodness, goodness, comfort, love, kindness, joy to be penetrating the very depths of your being. Like, for many of us, we're followers of Jesus and the invitation is, is, is this where we're living from? Like Within our circumstances, are we allowing the strength of who Jesus is to come and to fill us as we've gathered, as we've listened and heard the different parts being played? Because if that's the sound that God's longing to be produced, we need to understand, therefore, the way we play matters. See, Beethoven, when he wrote his score, was considering which instrument needed to be heard when. Like I remember when I was a kid, I got to play different brass instruments. There's a whole other story as to why. But one of the instruments I played, by mistake, it was because I'd not been practising the other instrument I was meant to be playing. and knew that they were desperate for someone to play this instrument, and I thought, a way to get out of it is, I'll say, I'll play that one. And that's what I did. I became the hero of the orchestra for, like, six months, once people realised then I couldn't really play it. But I played the tuba. The tuba is this massive, brass, bassy instrument. And I'm... Um, Often, what it meant to play the tuba was 52 bars rest. <laughs> that's it. Like, literally, 52 bars rest. If anyone knows me, that, that you know that that's never going to work because my mind's always going other places. Once I got to count to, like, the 32 bars rest, I'd, I'd lost count. I was like, I don't know what I was doing it. Where are we? I'd been thinking about something else. It was a nightmare. And then suddenly I'd come in, slightly late, with the boop, 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 because that's generally all it was. Um, play that part, usually slightly out of key, and that was it. But that was the part it had. You see, Beethoven understood that at different points, different instruments were going to need to be heard. Some would be resting, some would be silent, some would be in, loud in their tempo. And it was just those moments were to, in order to move us, and, and that's what it's like. There's a way in which we're to play our part that really matters as we calm it like paul like spends a whole chapter sandwiching like what it means to be the body in chapter 12 and how we then gather in chapter 14 with the chapter in the between which is chapter 13 not surprisingly and that whole chapter is about how how you play your part the way in which you play your part. And that chapter is all about love, where Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 13:1. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. That everything we get to do, every part that we get to play, is out of a place of understanding that we're loved. That we're loved by a God that, as 1 Corinthians 13, Paul goes on to say, is a God who models and reveals the wonder of love that is patient, kind, forgiving, not boastful, self-centred, always celebrating good, always seeking truth. That love that we've understood and experienced through Jesus, we then get to reveal to one another. In order that everything we seek to do is always out of that deep sense of love, of knowing how God's loved us, we then love God and love others. And that's how we then get to play our part, Paul says. The way we play our part is out of love. Of saying in this moment, I'm not begrudgingly kind of saying, yep, here's your tea. No, it's like, don't you love it? Like, I love it, like, the fact that everyone knows that I have a slight caffeine addiction. Probably need to work on that. Um, and so I drink coffee a lot. And I love it that people know that. So whoever's on tea and coffee would say, here's your coffee. They didn't, I don't even have to ask. They kind of know now just because I've been so often. Because there's this love that's motivating it. Not a judgment. It's like, oh, holding back the coffee for you, Adrian. Second cup, is it? No, no, it's, it's this love of, like, yeah, we recognise that with the spirit and the caffeine, you'll be a better person, Adrian Hurst. <laughs> But Paul then goes and says, yeah, but do you understand what happens when it isn't love? Like, when you play your part and there isn't love, it just sounds pretty bad. You all knew It's coming because you wondered, why was it there? See, Paul says, when we don't love, it's like a clanging or clashing cymbal. And I promise you, no one wants a symphony of clashing cymbals. (laughs) You see, what Paul's trying to say, you're all now a bit concerned. (laughs) How many times is he gonna play it? maybe one other time. We'll see. You see, when I come, and I come from that place of, I need to be heard. Listen to me, I've got something to say. (laughs) Is that. When I come from that place of, that's enough, the clashing. Well, I think we've got the picture, haven't we? When I come from that place of, like, unforgiveness, when I come from that place of tiredness, where I'm not as kind as I should be, begrudgingly saying to people, like, oh, all right, nice to see you here. <laughs> or that moment where I find my heart kind of saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, how are you doing? All I want to do is tell you how I'm doing. And I'm waiting. When are they going to stop? When are they going to stop? When are they going to stop? Now listen to me. Like, I'm that. And Paul says, that's not the symphony we're to hear. Like, I can remember, like, two weeks ago, I was, like, at a gathering, and within it, I knew I was tired, and so when I'm tired, I have to watch some of the stories I tell, because I can just sometimes just know that the stories will just sometimes be entertaining, but, like, it's just me trying to draw some attention more to something that I shouldn't. I know that when I'm tired. And as I'm speaking to someone, they're they're kind of bringing some encouragement to me, and I, rather than just saying, oh, thank you, I then kind of start to tell a story, and I start to tell a story that I realize as I start to tell it, I think actually, this doesn't do any good. It's kind of like gone from this place of them adding to the symphony of this like encouragement they're bringing, and now me kind of telling this story that um, actually just leaves everyone just like, hmm, okay. And this, the day after, I'm kind of like, sat and just often what I do is I, I just sit and just consider what's happened the day before and I'm just praying saying God I come with to you I'm kind of recognizing what's been and um, I suddenly realized this moment happened and as I picture the moment I realized "Ah, oh, I was that I was a clashing symbol and my guess is all of us have had those moments. Maybe at the moment we're suddenly thinking, oh no, man, this morning. <laughs> oh, this morning. <laughs> Here's the good news. The moments we're clashing symbols, is there still a way out? Like we're invited to repent, to, to kind of go from this place to return to just being. To say, Jesus, I, I want to live from that place of love. I want to live knowing your forgiveness. And actually, I'm going to reach out in love now to put right the clashing symbol. So that's what I did. I phoned this individual up, like a random moment of the day, and just said like, hey, you know when we were talking yesterday, I just realized that this thing I shared, I, I shouldn't have shared it. It didn't do either of us any good, and I, I'm really sorry. And do you know what they did? They said, that's all right. And that was the end of the call. The symphony could be heard a bit clearer again. The way we play matters. But it also is that we then need to play our part. Paul writes this in verse 26. When you meet together, one will sing and another will teach. Another will tell some special revelation of God that God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. See, the symphony works because we all come with different parts to play. And as Mike shared last week, the, the list that Paul gives isn't the limit of it. It's like, hey, these things are going to happen and more. As you all come in just the richness of who you are. Like I often say, like, often the biggest sound that gets heard is just being in the room or being online. It's like, are, are they here? <laughs> and That does my heart good. Like this morning, I often think people must think I get distracted in worship because I'm looking at my phone. No, no, I'm not. I'm just looking to see the people who are online and just being like, oh, I'm a gathering with these guys because I know their stories are stories that mean they can't be in the room for various reasons. And when I see them there, I'm like, oh, that does my heart good. I just want us to watch just a short video of some friends just sharing what it looks like for them to play their part as we gather.
2: Hello, I'm Ella. Uh, When I was growing up, I lived in several different countries and cultures. So I do understand what it's like to be an outsider looking in. Um, God's put a special love in my heart for internationals. And so when I come to church on a Sunday morning, I look out for people to make them feel at home. Thank you something I do when we gather is help lead on OKC, uh, Oasis Kids Club. I've enjoyed working with children ever since I was a teenager myself. Um, I just love helping them uh, learn and discover things about the world. And doing OKC gives me the opportunity to use some of my creative skills. Um, So creativity in planning fun craft activities, Um, and my love of singing and dancing comes in handy when getting kids enthused in worship. Hello, everyone. My name is Jacqueline. Um, I serve as part of the worship team and tech team, and it's always a pleasure because you get the chance to participate in corporate worship, um, but also help to be able to um, contribute to Sharing that atmosphere of corporate worship and um, being blessed by the word with other people who are not in the building at the time. And so I always look forward to um, the chance to, to be involved. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, God speaks to me mostly through journaling or through reading or listening to podcasts. Uh, Sometimes when God says something to me, I know immediately that this is a message that is not just for me and I should share it. More often, um, it will be during church service in the morning, um, something that is said or a line from one of the songs will link up in my head and remind me of what God has said to me previously. And then without intending to do so, I find my head starts rehearsing how I would explain that to someone else. At this point, I realise that this is something I should share. Um, My heart starts uh, thudding and I get fidgety and nervous. Um, Before I actually speak, I usually pray something along the lines of, God help me, give me the right words, Um, use my mouth to convey what it is that you want to say, and and then I just speak. Um, I know how much some of the words and pictures that other people have brought have really uh, spoken to me and helped me in different, many, many occasions. And I just hope that by bringing my little bits and pieces that I'm able to pass on that encouragement to other people.
0: Hello. I'm Coffee. I'm Tea. Also known as Martin and...
2: Barbara. Martin's speciality is doing hot chocolate for the kids, big and little. We are part of the Sunday morning welcome team.
0: We love serving you your drinks. It is an easy and relaxed way to welcome you and to make you feel at home. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Oh. Where's my mug?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. That's my heart good. Like, this the joy of, like, do you see it? Just each. Part being played, the symphony being built, not only in what's being done, the way in which it's done, the personalities coming out, uh, the sense of peace of, yeah, I'm not that, but I am this. It's good. Like, can I just give us three things to just remember as we come seeking to play our part? The first one is it takes preparation. Like, it means that we need to come, whenever we're gathering, remember principles, not just at this moment, Sundays, but anytime we're gathering, like, preparing our hearts. Like, hey, I'm going to be with a bunch of people that I want to seek to strengthen and do good. Therefore, I want to come preparing my heart, remembering, God, how you love me, and how I then get to reveal that to others. Preparing of, like, what's the strength that you're wanting to bring? Like that may be on the car journey there. It may be like you just afford yourself like, hey, actually, my preparation time isn't just the moment I'm leaving. It's like the five minutes before I'm trying to figure this stuff out. It might be preparing by saying, hey, I'm going to join that rotor because I want to be part of this thing. It might be preparing saying, actually, there's this thing that I've got and I just want to make a note of it just so I can share it at some point. So firstly, preparing. Secondly, it's about sharing. Choose, choosing to add in our gifting. As I said, often just being here, choosing to be here, whether it's online or in the room, is sharing something of the wonder of our part that we get to play it might be playing a part in a particular role within the gathering. It might be adding in a word of encouragement, as Rachel shared, of saying, actually, I've got this thing that I felt like and would be brought now to bring encouragement, strength to everyone. Sometimes it's choosing not to add in. that we realise, actually, the thing I've got has already been said, and so I don't need to say that. I often find that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got this thing. Oh, it's already been said. Or maybe it's, like, different to what's already been said, and we think, oh, the symphony that's building, hey, the bit that is being built at this point, this doesn't quite fit, and if I'm just going to hold it, I'm going to hold it and, like, leave it, because maybe it's for a different moment where a different movement within the symphony is going to be heard. I love it how Paul puts it, he goes, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Why is he saying that? He's saying that, hey, you've still got control on the stuff you get, Like, if you've got something, you're not going to internally combust if you don't share it. (laughs) It's good news. And here's the other thing. Like, if we don't share something, we don't play our part, it isn't that it's all going to get messed up. Hey, God's bigger. He can still work it through. Sometimes it's by choosing to be silent or encouraging others to play their part of thinking, hey, I I know the gifting they've got. I just know they need inviting in to play it. Or maybe it's like, hey, I heard them share that thing. Like I always love hearing people's stories, hearing like something God's been speaking to someone. Say, hey, you should share that. That would do us the world of good. Sometimes it's not us sharing it. Sometimes it's causing others to share. And thirdly, I'd say it's about how we receive. Though in receiving, it means that we give space. To the part that other people are playing space to receive the wonder of what they've just shared with us like to drink in that welcome as we come in oh man like you're pleased to see me that's good all of that encouragement that may come through the mic and you're just like oh oh god what, what are you saying to me through this maybe it's through the band playing and you just think i'm just loving this moment of just allowing the musicianship to just stir something in my heart of peace. Like it's just giving space there. I want to receive what's being given here, allowing it to strengthen me. Can I say the last way I think we can receive is through encouraging one another. I think that when someone's playing their part, how we are honouring as we gather is not only playing the part, but as we're receiving the part that's being played, it's just saying, "This is good." Like anyone who knows me knows that I'm always going, "This is good, very good." It's kind of getting into "Amen's" at the moment. I don't know if you've heard that. So, like everyone is sharing, like "Amen, Amen." Oh, sorry, it's a bit loud. There it was like "Amen, Amen," because I can't contain it. Yeah, I agree with this. This is good. I, maybe I'll mix it up. I've done my very good stage. I'm on my amen stage. But what is it for you? Like, I don't know whether it's that welcome, whether it's just someone just pausing to ask you how you are and just in that moment saying, thank you. Like, we receive and bring encouragement. Like, I've run on today, and I'm slightly concerned. I've already spoken to kids work, to say, it's me. You know what's happened. I'm sorry. Um, but I think where I want us to land is understanding that this symphony has a composer and the composer is God and he is a master composer because he comes father son and spirit to come and cause the wonder of what is to be heard whenever we gather and is longing to cause us to understand there's a part that we are to play in this and it's as he comes and stirs different one of us to play our part or to realise the part we're playing is by being. It's in order that it reveals the wonder of how he's come to strengthen us and that the symphony always points to him. The wonder of who God is as Father, Son, and Spirit. That whenever we gather, that we wouldn't go thinking, I wasn't, weren't they amazing? It's like, isn't God Amazing. That's what it always does. And here's the beauty of who he is as a composer. As Paul writes in verse 33, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people, that God is a God who brings peace and safety, not danger and chaos. I love that. That God's heart, whenever we're gathering, is this same thing that's going to have different parts, and there's going to be an order within it, in order that we'd... No, there's a safety here. Because that's the kind of God God is. It's not one where we'd leave just going, oh, this is this is awful. This is chaos. This is a noise. Oh no, this is one who's just coming to meet with us. And the beauty is: though there may be, like a symphony, a structure to it, it always sounds slightly different. Does us good. But how God comes about bringing that sound will be a different parts, different encouragements week on week, which brings us this excitement and invitation to think, hey, whenever we gather, what's going to (laughs) happen? This is exciting. What's God the composer going to do to reveal the wonder of who he is today? Therefore, I want to invite us, let's be those who come with this deep sense of excitement. That as we come, we come just knowing There is an invitation to enjoy the symphony, an invitation to know Jesus more or to fresh or for the first time, to play our part, to encourage and enjoy all that others are bringing, to come with expectation of what is it God's going to do and come with a deep sense of and enjoyment of the sound that will be produced for those who have ears to hear because it will do us good and strengthen us. We're not any group of people who just happen to gather. We're this gathering that allows us, whether it's on a Sunday, through small groups, through multiple gatherings throughout the week that come together to reveal the symphony that God is the composer of. I just want to finish by praying for us. I've been on a journey of just looking at how God honours us, how we then seek to honour one another. I just want to pray that God would cause us to not think, oh yeah, we did that, let's move on. But this would take root deeper and deeper in us. In order that we'd realise that we're this bunch of people that get to bring honour. You can't silence me. Um, Honor not only in like the moments with people we know in this room, but honor with everyone we come into contact with. So just where you are, just close your eyes. I'm just going to pray for us. God, I thank you for the beauty of who you are. I thank you for the wonder of how you take groups of people like us To reveal the wonder of who you are. And I just pray, God, where we've been examining and understanding more of how you honour us and how we then can seek to honour one another, I pray would you take this deeper and deeper into us. And I pray, God, as you take it deeper into us, I pray would we increasingly become a family, a church community where we seek to build one another up, not tear down Seek to bring dignity, not shame. Both to all that would call Oasis home and all that we come into contact with. We ask this for your glory, Jesus. Amen.